Welcome back to the Wheelman Podcast, episode two. We will be covering any recent NASCAR news, the Dover doubleheader, and a preview for Daytona, well, along with the current playoff bubble and any implications that that's going to cause for this final race of the regular season. Uh, we're going to head over to Zach here for first breaking down any news that we had this last week. Yep. Hey, thanks for coming back this week. Ooh. Appreciate it. Uh, so there's kind of a slow week in news. Basically, the only thing worth mentioning is the Michael Jordan rumors possibly buying Richard Petty Motorsports. Um, it's kind of hilarious to think just these these owners or just rich people can just buy professional franchises and think they can run them well when they are kind of just he def- out, out on an island with this. He has a history of running a professional team really well, though, like the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Though. Oh, yeah, he brought the Hornets name back. That's good. Um, uh, one thing that's cool with Jordan, though, is he does have a the North Carolina history as he like, went to school there. He's from North Carolina. Obviously, North Carolina is a hotbed for racing. Uh, he also is a real good friends with Denny Hamlin, and you can see but like, that, that he needs to go in with Denny after Denny retires, or if Denny wants to lead Joe Gibbs or something after his contract, which does that in twenty twenty one. By it, the way, buy like just buy a team, buy buy a car. The one problem though that the rumor was that if uh, Richard Petty Motorsports pairs up with Jordan slash like Denny Hamlin that it's not going to work because the way NASCAR's rules are set up Denny currently already isn't a four car stable so if he uh, Joe Gibbs if he owned another car he'd, he'd be at five and that would be against the rules which they tried to have to break up uh, like the Roush and the Hendrick in the mid 2000s because they were just dominating everything to the point that Roush actually had all five cars into the playoffs and at that time there was only 10 cars in the playoffs so they'd have the field so they were trying to eliminate that kind of situation again yeah i just man i think it'd be so sweet to see a nascar with the jordan logo on it because that's 100 percent what it would be I know, it would be 36 races of michael jordan i know on the, on the he hood. was huge into like the motocross and like the the the, the bikes that race and shit like that but i know i don't think he ever got a nascar the only like random athlete i remember being in nascar was when randy moss owned a truck team yeah uh, that faded quickly but that was the only thing i could think of like another athlete jumping in well brad daughtery oh that's true too he's still yeah he's still there right with yeah, it so jtg yeah and then oh uh floyd mayweather is supposed to be rumored now for like this whole year to be jumping in with the money team making nascar but i haven't seen anything about that since like the daytona 500 last year yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Hot take, I don't think Money Mayweather is going to field an NASCAR team. Maybe he's waiting for the new gender. What number was it, was it supposed to be number 50? I don't remember. I think whatever his record is. I think he's 50 50-0. now. 51 and now, one and two. We can't be 51. That's uh, reserved for all, uh, was that Josh Balicki's? MC Rod? Loud, McLeod. He's 7-8 now. Regardless. Uh, it does, yeah, it doesn't matter. I didn't think I saw anything else really in from the news. Uh, no, it was slow. Besides, like, paint schemes being released, but we'll go into great t- detail about Darlington paint schemes next week. Yes, that'll be part of the preview. Outside of that, I don't remember seeing any rumors, except for Corey LaJoy, if we didn't touch on it last time, is not returning to the Go Fast Racing 32. His choosing, by the way. Uh, Betting on himself. I do respect it. It reminds me a lot of how similar route that Dibdetto did. He actually left the 32, then he got to Levine Racing 95. He gets paired with Gibbs there. Then he parlays that in the 21 car. We'll see if he'll be there next year because his contract is expired. But it's still like I like when drivers who just want a chance at better equipment are trying to take a chance on themselves, knowing that they're not going to win in the current ride they're in. Yeah, you've just seen a lot better results from DiBedetto. Um And obviously he was in a Gibbs car basically last year. 2019 uh, Gibbs car. He yeah. Shafted. Yeah. I mean. Or 2018. You're behind. Oh, so he's, Tim Hill's running that car now. Oh, there we go. He's yeah, big, big time. Uh, any other news? I didn't get. I didn't see any sponsorships and downs. There was a flurry of them the two weeks ago and the and three weeks ago, but I didn't see anything else. No really silly season news. Really, just the rumors over uh, where Bubba's going to go and the possibility of Jordan. Uh, just going into the recap of the Dover races. Oh, Ro- for those who care, Ross Chastain uh, signed with Spire for next year. In the 77 car, I believe. It looks like, too, Aspire is doing a two-car outfit that they're going to run Haley as well, as he won a race them last year. And People it, forget. And Ross and Haley both run for them in Xfinity. So it looks yeah. like that's just a natural fit. Uh, going into Dover, uh, the first race is on Saturday. Again, they're the exact same stages, exact same title sponsor, exact same, like, everything was set pretty much for the, 
Exactly. So, the same. so is it Dryden or Dry Dean? I've heard both. I believe it's Dry Den, but I have that is a, I can confirm nor deny it's the correct answer. I've heard Dry Dean, and I think it sounds way stupider than Dryden. Yeah. Uh, pretty much, it was an, it, Dover two was similar. So we'll get there after this, but seven laps in, the uh, Eric Jones got into Kurt Busch. It looked like Kurt had to check up like off the turn, and Jones ended up hit, uh, clipping him. Kurt ends up going to the wall, uh, could not repair it. He tried going back on the track, finishing dead last. Uh, the real big part of that uh, crash was that Bowman got into it too, and he couldn't really recover from it. Jones did recover a little bit, but it sucks when you'll see his teammates ran really well. It's committed big points day for Jones. They finished one, two, three. Foreshadowing. <laughs> and uh, it just sucks for Jones that when your teammates ran that well, that you may have had a car It's a top eight, top ten car, and he was ne- never able to get up there because of a crash that happened so early into the run. Because uh, when after he uh, like went to the pits and fixed his car as best as he could, he didn't look bad. He still showed speed. He yeah. Just, he just obviously couldn't compete at that point. There was a competition caution on lap 25. This was kind of interesting because there was usually we have a green track for the cup where no one else has run on it or maybe just Xfinity. Uh, but this they had three or two ARCA races, two Xfinity races, uh, two cup races. So you could clearly see, especially off that concrete, all the rubber on the track. So they were still seeing how the cup cars would take that rubber in. So that competition caution still was in lap 25. Uh, going in, the nine was on the pole. He led every single lap uh, first thing out in the pits. Damn, he looked good. He did look good early. Fuck, he looked good. Uh, the 11 started to chip away at the end. Uh, I think it got close to like four or five tenths before the competition caution came out. Harvick was someone to really look out for, too, as he was just chipping away. He got up to fourth. Uh, but then that's, of course, made some strategy get played in here. Dover was one of those tracks where passing seemed very tough. You had to have a real good run off the turn. You couldn't just slide job or dive bomb somebody. You had to really like set them up from the previous turns. And clean air, as we've seen this package, has been everything. So we saw some strategy where uh, Austin Dillon, Matt Kenseth, Chris Buescher, Ryan Newman, and Christopher Bell all opted to stay out instead of pitting. And then Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, and Erica Morella all took two tires. So this kind of really did shift the, some of your leaders or your, the guys you expect to dominate the race back in the pack a little bit. But in reality, they still worked through pretty quickly. Dylan did check out, and he actually had like a three-second lead at some point, uh, but he ended up getting passed by Denny, and Denny won the stage. Austin Dillon finished second, and really you could see the 14 and the 9 got into each other, which really put the 9 back, and he was the yeah. only other, like that guy who looked fast early, got put back and kind of really recover, recover from it. He did work his way back up later on, but outside of that, Harvick went up, uh, got the 7th, and BK was another huge move up to 3rd. But it still looked like that Denny Hamlin show is just going to be all day long. Yeah, Denny was the best card, no doubt, all day. Uh, outside of Chase through the first 25 laps, Denny was... Which is probably just the clean air. Yeah, yeah. Because you saw Austin Dillon getting clean air, and he got ahead of a lot of... He got very far ahead. Uh, but that actually worked out for Dillon. Yeah. Staying out and pitting in second. Yeah, he was the only guy that, even the guys in two tires, Dylan still managed to stay ahead of them, and it looked like with the clean air, maybe you'll see someone else try strategy later on. Uh, looking forward to the stage two here, Elliot actually stayed in the pits a little longer, tried to fix that damage that he had getting into the 14, but because of that, all of his track position was lost, and he did fall to 16th when he had that damage, but then with the extra time in the pits, it put him back all the way to 29th, and he had really to work his ass off from there to get back up. The 11 dominated stage two, but you could start to see some different comers and goers kind of thing. Uh, one would be Martin Truex Jr., who was one of our pre-race favorites, worked his way up to second and was starting to chip away at Hamlin's lead. Kyle Busch was also on the move. He was up to fourth right on the stage. And the coolest thing about this stage was seeing uh, – it was one of the white cars. There's no sponsorships. I don't know the exact guy it was. but Oh, I, I have that. They tried pitting. And Jimmy Johnson, in the middle of the turn, like has to just do the complete ole around these guys. Like he definitely shit his britches trying to avoid that. I believe it was Garrett Smithley in the seven car. Okay, it was, yeah, because Sorensen, yeah, Sorensen was in the all black. Okay, uh, no scheme, and Sorensen or uh, Smithley was in the white. Yeah, so he the pit row is is very tough to get onto Dover, and Jimmy had to do a very quick reaction, this little 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 hard jerk to the right to avoid it. Uh, going to stage three, Truex actually beat the 11 off pit road, which is huge for Truex to finally get that clean air. 
and Hamlin came out second, Kyle Busch third. But with the choose cone, it's been the first time they've seen him make a huge difference. Kyle Busch opted to take the inside line, so going up to second place, and was able to pass Hamlin that first lap and hold second. Hamlin got shuffled back to fourth. But the big thing for this stage was Martin Truex Jr. had a big lead, but he seemed to struggle in traffic. He maintained a one-second to two-second lead over second place, which was Kyle Busch and later on Denny Hamlin. But you could see that he didn't work well enough through guys. He was stuck to that one lane where Denny was able to do different lanes and able to work around traffic a little better because he had that, again, those different different options where Truex is forced to the bottom. Yeah. Denny, Denny could pretty much run whatever line he wanted to. With 60 to go, Truex did a one-second lead in pit. This is the last pit stops of the race. Uh, he was able to keep it, even expand it a little bit. But again, with uh, about 20 to go, you saw Truex roll up to right behind Eric Amarola, and he never got close enough to like affect the air and move Eric Amarola. But he seen that he couldn't do anything with him, and he couldn't he couldn't change his lanes. Where Denny started running the high line and getting these huge runs off the corner, and started chipping away, chipping away to the point that he took the lead with nine to go, and then Amarillo stepped aside with six to go to let both the leaders uh, just go by. But at that point, Truex had nothing for Denny, and Denny ends up easily winning. And it's just interesting because. I have no problem with somebody staying out and like trying to get something going, but he was 17th, Eric Marola, and one lap down, and he wasn't even like the lucky dog. So he was trying to avoid going two laps down, and I kind of see Truex's point. He was complaining that he was like stealing his line. He should have some respect for the leaders and stuff, but I, I don't know. Like Maybe Eric Marola was, was running too hard, but Truex also didn't help his case at all. Like Truex had to have run the high side like Denny did or something because Denny passed him pretty easily or got to him pretty easily. Well, even when you saw Truex run the high side, Denny was still gaining on him. Like, Truex was, if he didn't run the low line, actually, it didn't really matter because Denny was fucking railed. So, any line that Truex would have ran, I feel like even if Rolo wasn't in front of him, Denny would have caught him. And to uh, Almarola's credit, love it. <laughs> I love it. This isn't Formula One. They're not, you don't have to let this guy go by. You have the, you have the full top 10 here, but looking at Truex, it was interesting because. He's had a success at Dover. We brought up in the last show where he finished his top five almost every single race uh, recently. But he didn't have, like, you thought the clean air. He led, like, 80 straight laps in stage or off stage three. And he thought it was an easy win. And then he gets, like, just 20 to go and stuck behind one car. And outside of that, I looked at the Gibbs show. It was against one, two, three Gibbs and you, you the rest of it here. Yeah, so I, I just want to jump back a little bit. Uh, William Byron, did you cover William Byron? No, no. But he's in my so, segments for not running well at all. Yeah, <laughs> so I have William Byron as well. Um, and so he kind of did the same thing as Austin Dillon where he stayed out um, trying to gain track position. <laughs> but, like, Denny caught him so fast that there was still, like, 30 laps to go on the stage. And Byron had to pit, lost all track position. And it's just it, – it's weird to see, like – one guy stay out and it works and then another guy stay out and it totally ruins his entire race. Like that's how strategy can completely ruin your entire race. But and, and Byron was losing his mind at yeah, Chad Canals too. He doesn't say they they had a little uh, reminiscent when Jimmy and Chase get into it. Those were the golden days of NASCAR crew chief driver interactions. Yeah, and the radios haven't gotten better since those days. Oh either. no, you yeah, you you would think we're listening to like a lawnmower next to someone's like microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the rest of the top 10, I know again, we had one, two, three Gibbs. So we had Hamlin first, Chuex second, and Kyle Busch third. Uh, rounding on top five was Kevin Harvick in fourth. And uh, Chase Elliott, who we mentioned, went all the way down to 29th, was able to work his way up to fifth. And then uh, that, may, that really makes you wonder, like, how good Chase's car could have been. Right. He, I think he could have challenged Denny, um, even if this was like a full length race, but it's usually 400 miles. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You add another quick math, 89 miles and it's good math. It's quick. <laughs> um, and you might have a, you might have chased Denny one too. Um, but around at the top 10, Boer was sixth, who ran well, pretty much all day, top 10 all day. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, cause he'd free again for another top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Logano in eighth, Brad Keselowski in ninth, the in ninth. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in 10th. Big day for Slick Rick there. It was. Uh, let's go into our segments for Dover Dover 1. 
My move of the day was the easy pick, touched on earlier, Jimmy Johnson not crashing when you said Smithley tried pinning. That that move on TV doesn't give the justice of how difficult that move actually was for Jimmy to avoid that. And if he did hit him, that's just hilarious. It's like Juan Pablo hitting the jet dryer. You see something and go, One of the greatest wow, moments in NASCAR. What the hell is going on? Yeah, it was one of the greatest moments. Um, yeah, I don't know how Jimmy didn't shit his pants. It was impressive. I, I almost did. It was bad. Um, so the, my I've done all I can move of the race is I have two. I have Corey LeJoy, who started and finished in 29th. So good job, Corey. He was the the title sponsor. He was the, the Dryden uh, car in the Dryden Dryden race. Yes. Um, so good showing by Corey. Um, yep, f- for the company. So And then my other one, his first appearance in the segment, BJ McLeod, MC Loud. Oh, nice. He started 40th and finished 38th. That's so way a to go, move. BJ. And he got a free one off of Kurt. Yeah, he did. Uh, let's go Easiest on. pass to make. <laughs> go into why'd you stay out. This one we usually don't have much of, but we did have it. And again, it was the Kenseth Busher Newman Bell. So Dylan did the same strategy, but he was able to lead 49 laps and finish second in the stage. The other guys clearly were not that good and didn't finish in the top 10 in the stage. It was a complete just abomination of strategy for them and just logged in the rest of the field. Yeah, that's what this segment's really about. Yes. Is like, what are you doing? These what are the ones you doing that we love. Yes. Um, I already mentioned mine, but it's William Byron. Uh, like, why are you staying out, man? Like, you have Denny Hamlin just roaring behind you. The strategy, like, I just – it didn't work out at all because they finished almost 30th. Like It had to have been because they watched Dylan have the lead and, like, hold the lead in the track position, and they were hoping that that's the same thing for them was not the case. They had to pit – the one thing – the big thing was, too, they had to pit under green because they were off cycle. And when they pit under green, they lost two laps, and that's what really put Byron back. And then Byron couldn't – he was not happy with the car. So he, he – that was not the ideal situation for them. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a good race. Um, that was all you had for why did you stay out? Yeah, those was the only ones I had. Uh, with just park it. I actually put Byron here because <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny just them bitching at each other. So I thought I mean, like just putting like this picture being a driver bitching your crew chief and he's yelling at you for like, drive it better and you just go to the garage and mm-hmm. say fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I didn't really have anybody. The only one I would have done was Kurt, but he did end up parking it. So, Which is we also respected a lot. Yes. That's, Thank oh, you. That's very much part of it. Thank you. Next quick segment, the Kyle Busch win. No. Mm. But third place, he was close, but did not win. Or lead a lap, I believe. If the segment is, did Kyle Busch finish in third place, <laughs> the answer would be yes. Did Jimmy Johnson crash? No. Very close, though. Very close. <laughs> very close to getting Jimmy Johnson crash. I, dude, if he would have hit... Smithley, he would have flipped the car 100%. Oh, yeah. That would have been a T-bone. He was going like 120 miles an hour faster. Uh, Overachiever of the day, I think we both have a couple. I'm just going to start with Stenhouse Jr. He got 10th place finish. Fuck, we have the same one. Yes. He he got 10th place finish, but he earned that 10th place finish. There was no tomfoolery going on. He was running 10th to 12th the whole race. Uh, And, again, he... He earned that top 10 finish. He did. He earned every bit of it. Um, I also had Cole Custer. Ah, so did I. Yeah, damn. Uh, and, yeah, started 21st, finished 11th. It's a solid day. Yep. He was that guy, just like Stenhouse, ran 11th, 10th to 15th the whole day. Strong day out of him. Uh, nothing too substantial, but it's always good seeing some guys uh, run a little better than we're used to. And then the other guy ahead was Dylan. He finished 15th, but I think he realistically had like an eighth place car that because of like his being off cycle and like leading those laps that he lost some track position off it and ended up selling for 15th. But leading 49 laps, finishing second in the stage and still come off the top 15, I think it's overall is a good day. I th- yeah, I think they were more concerned about they knew that they had a chance to get playoff points. Uh, or no, only the stage winner gets playoff points. Yeah, correct. correct. Uh, so fuck what I just said. It's incorrect. That's right. He did the best he could. Underachiever. He, he tried to get playoff points. He didn't do it. <laughs> Underachiever, I had Byron. Same thing I had for putting in the garage, and you already bitched about. Yeah. Um. I I put Bowman, but, like, he, he did get caught up in a crash. But you saw other guys with similar damage kind of still be able to make their way through the field at least. Um. He finished 21st, just kind of a – Disappointing effort out of the 88 team. And I, the uh, newly um, acquired sponsor of Acronis. 
I actually include everybody involved in that crash just because you're the only guys really to crash, especially for like contender drivers. And it really sucks when you do it 10 laps into the race. So I actually had Kurt Bowman and Jones underachievers just because you don't know how good their car was because they crashed so early. Well, for Jones and Bowman's defense, Kurt, just go faster. He's checked out. It happens. Go faster, dude. Uh, best car, I think it's Hamlin. Yeah. All the, I mean, just I mean, to, you. You have an argument for Chase, but who really knows? Just the advanced stats: led most laps, won both stages, first place in green flag speed, first in early run speed, first in late run speed, the most fastest laps. I, I think that classifies the best car of the day. Yeah, the numbers would show that Denny <laughs> Hamlin was the best car. The eye test: Denny was also the best car. The only other guy that I had. I, I mean, you could make a case for Eric Amarola because the leader couldn't pass him. <laughs> Uh, the other guy ahead was was Truex, because Elliot had the damage, so like that kind of hurt him. We didn't see how he was going to be over like the course of the whole and race. And it took like he didn't get through the field right away either. It took him the entire race to get back up to fifth. Yeah, but uh, Truex was next in many of those categories. He was top five in every single category, like the green flag speed, early one, late run, fastest laps. Uh, one of the things that stood out though was he was fourth fastest in the long run, and I think you saw that of how. When Hamlin started to chip away at him, and then Truex got into traffic, and running that one line really hurt him. So it's a combination of things that Truex went from two seconds ahead, comfortable lead to now I'm selling for second place. Yeah, yeah, agreed with all you just said. Best schemes, I'll let you start. Uh, so the uh, Tyler Reddick cat app car was pretty sweet. It's always a good one. Yep. Um, I didn't really notice it during the race, but I actually had a phone. Yep. On the side of it that just letting you know it's the cat app. Mm-hmm. Very close to the cash app. That Tongue twister. Quick slip of the tongue. You could be giving away a free ad. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to say this because I dog this guy every single week. Michael McDowell actually had a decent scheme. Oh, nice. He did. In the Digital Ally Shield Cleansers. Mm. So if you want to go take a look at that, it's like kind of like a digital red and white and black scheme. Like, I didn't like remember. camo looking. Digital camo. No, not even camo. Um if you're curious just go take a look at it it's i didn't remember it during the race but when i looked back through i was like oh i wouldn't hate that if i remembered it uh notes that i started best scheme is anytime elliot runs the mountain dew car yeah and and the rubicon on it too that Mm -hmm. was sweet i love i love the austin dylan dow with bare paint on the side yeah i just saw his nice looking car then I kind of threw in here, too, for fun. Uh, Bowman were running the Acronis and Bubba using DoorDash. Mm-hmm. It was just uh, two paint schemes we kind of brought up that were new sponsors, so it's good seeing them for the first time being on the track. Probably could throw in as well Ryan Newman using the guaranteed rate, but we'll see that for the rest of the year. He's yeah. Pretty much I, running that. Yeah. Um, the Chris Busher Sunny D car. That's a, the Sunny D is that class. Yeah, you, same with the Little Hugs car. You'll yeah. see that uh, two probably races a year, and every time you're like, Damn, I'm going to buy some little hugs. What a car. (laughs) I'm I'm not a big diaper. Or no, the hugs is the... uh, The drinks. The drinks, yeah. yeah. You'd think that that sounds like a good name for a diaper. Mm -hmm. You're thinking of huggies. Mm. Often confused with little hugs. I mean, little hugs could just be for smaller babies. Mm, This is true as well. I think huggies missed missed the ball on that one. Um, (laughs) The Jones DeWalt Atomic car was sweet. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was basically just the DeWalt scheme, but then it said Atomic on it. That's sweet, though. That was fucking That's badass. more than Denny Hamlin can say. He's my number one for worst schemes. I'm sick of the same exact FedEx Express every week. Oh, um, and before we get to worst... Uh, I'm already bitching about it. <laughs> the People's Drivers Monster slash uh, Menard scheme, mm-hmm. I don't know if I liked it, but it wasn't terrible. I didn't mind it. I feel like cause Blaney... Also, it, when did they start running Monster? Not sure. When Blaney and Dividetto, uh they have a similar Menards cars where it's like Menards is all the... The siding and that yellow around in the hood and front fascia would be where the different the secondary sponsors is. So you'll see like Duracell, Sylvania, uh, I think Richmond, Cabinetry or something like that. You'll see a bunch of those schemes. And I do like the schemes. Jack Link's another one. Oh, yeah. But they just look so similar. And at times, you like if you're not paying attention, you will flip around. Is that Blaney or is that Dibdetto? But the monster did look cool. Yeah, it didn't look bad. Uh, War schemes, I already said. Uh, Hamlin, just because it's the same car every week. That's not a bad looking car, but if you run it every single race, I get kind of annoyed. My yeah. other, my well, other was it was it the Ground Express or Freight? I don't know. Express question mark. Mm. My other one was I don't like the Harvick Mobile One car. I think you do much better. I hate the I, Silver Flame so much. I like Boyer's better uh, with the red. Yeah, I don't know how, why. I, it must have been like Harvick got first choose, 
the first pick, and he picked the silver one. Because I, I can't imagine why they would give Boyer the better-looking mobile one car. I just don't like the flames on either one. I think Boyer's does look better, but the flames that go up over the wheel well uh, on the front tires, I don't like that at all. Oh, see, I, I do like the red one, um, but the, the silver one does nothing for me, unless it's in victory lane. Foreshadowing. The only other worst scheme that I had was Cole Custer, who you absolutely dog on his scheme every race. But this week he had a uh, – it still was the Haas scheme, but then it was a Jacobs like co-sponsor or Jacob Companies on it. And so it was a white car that transitioned to white in the back, but it still had this stupid hood we hate. It still had the yeah. spark plug hood. I was going to write it down, but, like, I'm sick of bitching about it at this point. Just figure it out. Did you have any more uh, – Worst schemes? Uh, no, and I already mentioned the uh, no schemes. Oh, I did make a note. The Suarez rainbow scheme we were talking about last week, mm-hmm. it's the Comscope. Of course. Yes. Suarez is all about, like... Random tech companies. Yes, like Eris. Maybe... Yeah. maybe Ar- Eris is a little more mainstream. Comscope, though. That's that's a good random fucking tech Probably setup. make some good track phones. Oh, man, that's... Ricochet shot. Uh, going to Dover 2 here... And, of course, the starting lineup was the inverse of the top 20 and of the previous Dover race. So you saw all of our leaders starting in the pack, a little bit going through traffic. Uh, Lap six, again, very in the run, we have another incident. With this, it's the 22 got into the 47. looked like he thought he was clear in behind the 47, clipped him. 47 slid in the wall, ended up finishing multiple laps down in the late 30s. 22 didn't have much damage. 96. For those counting at home, he was 96 laps down. It was Stenhouse? Yeah. Uh, the biggest part was the collateral damage of this. The 18 checked up, and the 9 didn't see the brake lights and just absolutely drilled the 18's bumper. Or just and He was done. <laughs> and the radio was like, yeah, let's put it in the garage. Uh, I'm, I'm done. And what's really interesting about this crash, too, was if you look at the replay, the 11 and the 4 – we're right next to this incident too, mm-hmm. and so that that's like your that's why like the inverse is so interesting because you had your core top drivers all in a cluster, and incidents like this can happen to them. Yeah, yeah. It, when you're in the middle of the pack, behind all these schlubs, you're not immune. Just because you have a better car, that that's even like you have a bigger target on your back. Because like when Chris Busher's running, like he starts sixth, and he see Harvick coming up in his mirror, he's like, oh, I'm I'm a sixth place car right now. I'm not letting this guy get past. Harvick looked like a, just a rocket ship through the whole day. Some would say it was a bit robotic. Yeah. He ran down Blaney with two laps left to win the stage. Uh, he was really cool with Harvick. Was he was running a different line. Like We're talking about the first race with Trudex going on the bottom. Hamlet had a few different lines, especially up top. Harvick's running the diamond, which means he It was so nasty he'll, what he's he'll, doing. He'll drive in low, then he'll slide up to the middle. Then the exit of the turn, he can then pick any lane off the turn. So he can, he can easily run around any traffic depending on the car's place. But it gives you much more options. And why doesn't everybody run the diamond? Because the only cars that run really well come on the diamond. It's a yeah. very hard like, it's a very hard thing. You have to be a perfect car to have it run. Yes. Uh, and so, like, when we talked about Kyle Busch dialing it in, like, on back-to-backs, I think we talked about it in the last episode, Harvick did exactly what we talked about. Where you you use the first race as just a practice session. You figure out what you need with your car. You figure out what adjustments need to be made. And then in the second race, you go and absolutely dominate everybody. Because you're just better. One important fact, too, is Harvick still finished fourth place in the first over. Even with his track bar issue that Ronnie Childers uh, talked about on Twitter. Saying that whatever track bar adjustment they'd make, the the track bar by itself would automatically kind of revert back to what's beforehand. So they kind of had – they couldn't make adjustments to the car. He had to run or change air pressures maybe. They couldn't actually do anything involving the track bar. And that that probably affected Harvick in the long run. But you could see they fixed that issue, and they were just they rocket ship. They fixed it very well. Uh, going in here to stage two, we see the 11 and 19 are moving up slowly. And one of the big guys that, like – actually show a lot of speed was jimmy johnson yeah not just on the track but on pit road as he ended up getting shuffled back but he was so fast in stage two that he literally gained over 20 positions by the end of the stage and finishing back in the top 10 got got a, a, a playoff point which is or just a stage point which would be huge for the playoff bubble the only other big note was the red flag for the, just a giant hole in, in <laughs> yeah. the turn. So this is like the, pro- the problem with concrete tracks is you'll get potholes in them. 
and there was a huge pothole um, in one of the turns, and so they just brought the saws out, brought the uh, quick trying, quick crete, yeah, um, and then they just kind of just like wait and see. Hopefully, it holds. They had to do something similar, I believe, it was in the Xfinity race too, because. They knew it was being an issue. It's happened before. It's in the concrete tracks, where like a Martinsville, which is the concrete turns, and they knew it could only take so many laps for they have to fix it. So it wasn't like they were like blindness happening. They knew eventually they have to do it, and they did repair it pretty quickly. So I do applaud NASCAR for that. It is very tough having six races in two days in the same track, yeah. where previously they have practiced and they can like change the, the they can prepare the track overnight or something like that. Where today it was and and Saturday was just nonstop. Racing. So I think they fixed it. Did Xfinity run after Cup on Saturday? Or did they run it before. Before. Okay, so I, they fixed it in between then, and then I think they they waited and they got through another Xfinity race, and then they had to fix it again through the um, during the Cup race. So then moving on to stage three here, uh, Harvick still was your leader, won all the races off pit road. Hamlin finally got to second place at the beginning of stage three. Problem was, he had a uh, loose wheel, had to bring it down, and this uh, under green as well. So you end up finishing nineteenth, uh, I think it was. Yeah, RIP Fanduel lineups. Yeah, agreed. And then outside of that, again, it was just a Harvick show. There was a late caution, which made things a little interesting with seventeen to go. Everyone brought it down pit row, took four tires except for Jimmy Johnson. He took two tires. He was running in 6th or 7th at the time, and I do applaud that effort, and we'll talk about it here in our segments, but maybe he had a chance, and then he gets passed in one lap by Harvick. Ended up selling for third place with Johnson. Harvick ends up winning by three and a half seconds. Yeah, it was – I. so the only – like that race, the only thing I compare it to is the Michigan 2 race this year where Harvick was just like as soon as the green flag dropped, he was better than everybody. Well, it wasn't even close. The first Michigan race. The second Michigan race is the beatable one. Where, so, yeah, 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 yes, you are correct. The first Michigan race, yeah, when Harvick used look and go, yeah, we're racing for second place. Yeah. Or I hope that God he's an issue. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't mention the first over race that Harvick actually did a speeding penalty as well, or a loose wheel. But yeah, they, but, yeah, yeah, But yeah, they did. caught it early. It was in stage one, and just like Johnson, he went through the whole field and then ended up again going back on finishing fourth. Uh, the rest of the top 10, again, we have Harvick first, Truex had another second place finish. I believe that's five straight top threes or six straight top threes six for Truex. Straight, yeah. Yeah, that's tough. And then it was the team Hendrick guys. What was the exact order it was, of it? It was Jimmy, Billy, and Bowman, three, four, five. And then we had Logano, sixth, Almirola in seventh, BK in eighth, Austin Dillon in ninth, and Cole Custer in tenth. Good weekend for Cole Custer. Yeah, same, Dylan, too, is another yeah. guy we talked about a little bit. But, again, he had some of that speed that we saw in finishing eighth place there. Uh, I guess we'll jump right into move of the day. And mine is Johnson staying out. Again, he gained three to four positions, and he had a chance to win. I'm going to call it a chance because he did restart the leader. That doesn't mean he was going to win, but I'll say it's better than sitting back in fifth and just watching like you can't catch anybody. So I do applaud that effort. That's a move of the day. So I, I – I thought the move of the day was supposed to be sarcastic. I thought I didn't know it was supposed to be a legitimate, like, s- actual strategy move. I know, I've been kind of doing this recently. Where I picked move of the day of like I actually see things that I like, so I've been throwing them in. Okay, yeah, because I I'm still going with the people who like finish in the 30s. Um, That's funny still. Okay, I'm just making sure. We're, I'm just making sure like we're on the same page here. Um, need consistency is key. Um, so I had my moves of the day. I've done all I can moves of the day. I had Josh Balicki, and I'm kind of pissed because he finished 32nd. Um, you really hope a guy like Josh Balicki because just kind of parks it. Um, and he didn't. He improved. Also helped by uh, was it Joey Gase out early, Chase out early. Um, there was a few and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. out early as well. Uh, or just out of contention, at least. Why'd you stay out? This one, uh, I'm going to sw- change it a little bit because this is where I'm just going to rant. I don't understand crew chiefs. So why didn't more people stay out in the race like Jimmy Johnson did? If Kevin, if you told Kevin Harvick, if he pit, everyone else should have then stayed out. If he didn't pit, everyone else should have pit. You know the guy is the best car by far going to win. If you're not running top three, you should just do the opposite of the leader. 
and yet no, well, Johnson, I guess, is the only one that tries to do that, and he still finished third. So why didn't more guys stay out? And just even if Harvick takes a lap to pass all of them, he might not win the race. I don't get the logic of um, or even Truex, dude. Just take two tires to get the lead. Who cares? Yeah. I don't. I don't get why you're basically giving up any chance to win when you're letting Harvick stay remain the leader with four tires. Do something different and try to win the race. Don't sit there content running fucking eighth place. I I think it might have had something to do with the uh, length of the race left. I think there's still like 20-ish laps left, maybe 18, something like that. I think they went green with 15 left. Yeah, so like I, I kind of see why they would take four. If if it was like uh, overtime or like five to go, I'd totally support the two-tire move. I don't know. I just, I just look at a little different circumstance, but you see it with Dylan the first race where you get a couple cars in between the, in between I, the leaders and – and again, the guys that stay out, and if Dylan gets a good enough launch and lead, then the other leaders have to work through their cars still. That's where I think like he's gonna be good to go. I know he's with what six cars in between the leaders and Dylan, but he led forty nine laps. Someone else could easily led for fifteen. So uh, the, another thing is, I'm pretty sure the stages were all different lengths. Like. So I first stage was seventy. The next stage was one hundred fifteen, and then whatever's left out of that was the last stage right so like i i guess like going back to billy staying out it kind of makes sense why he got fucked because there's so many more so many more laps i did kind of forget about that because that's unusual that they're that much of a difference i thought i was waiting for two more cautions we saw a couple but i they were all early and i think a lot of guys like byron were kind of saying they were bk did too where they stay out dipped out it as well in in the second race where they stay out extra five six seven laps just being like Someone's going to cause a caution, right? Like, I'll lose two, three positions on pit road for staying out here or whatever, but I'm hoping that someone does something stupid. I These cars are just too good now. I feel like it's really hard to spin these cars out. You have to be really, really bad to, like, spin this car just out. Just dump your car in the middle of the turn? Yeah. Uh, did you have anyone for why you stay out? Uh, I did, and I just said anyone uh, but Harvick because, like, the, the guy's the best. Honestly, I could put it for just park it, but I have someone for just park it. Just park it, everyone besides Harvick on the track. My just park it was Chase, which he did, because I think it's funny anytime like you see someone crash, <laughs> and my initial reaction would be just put in the garage, and when they do it right away, I'm like, yes. Respect it. Yes. Yeah. My other one was Jones, and I was upset with Jones because Bowman had, and the guy who showed in that first race, Bowman opted to go to backup car and start, lose his position, and start in the back. Jones ended up finishing, was it 12th, we said, in the first race, and his teammates were 1, 2, 3. He opted to keep his position and kind of work on the car. I think it was more beneficial for him to say screw it and go in the back with the back car like Bowman did. Bowman still finished 5th, 4th? 5th, yes. 5th? Yeah. So I was a little upset, and we kind of do this weekly. Some of the crew chief calls and strategy calls at 20, I don't understand. I mean, I could do a segment of, of how Eric Jones got fucked every single week. Um <laughs> Fuck. What was I gonna say? Uh, it was about um, what? Who did you just bring up? Bowman. Bowman brought down. No. Chase parking it. Chase or Jones? Jones. Uh, he also had damage again. Yeah. Uh, his entire. I think it was his front left. Yeah. Uh, fender was just fucked. Uh, he he like he just found everybody to hit. Did Kyle Busch win? No. Did Jimmy Johnson crash? No. <laughs> Third place though. These are we've had back to back weeks of double nos, and I, I feel like we're just in a slump because usually one of those are a yes. Mm-hmm. Mainly Jimmy crashing. Mm-hmm. Overachiever, who you got? Um. So I, as good as Austin Dillon ran, anytime I see him in the top ten, I'm still going to say he's an overachiever. Agreed. Just based on the equipment that he's in. I'm not knocking his driving ability, but the equipment that he's in is very uh, he's he's realistically below par. Realistically that like thirteenth to sixteenth range. So again, if you're running top ten, especially how strong the fields are, yeah. that's a that's a good run. Yeah, agreed. Uh mine were actually Hen- team Hendrick as a unit. I know Chase crashed, so I'm not going to include him, but them finishing th- uh, third through fifth and they all show definite like, short run and long run speed. I wonder what would have happened if Chase didn't crash, if maybe he could have been a contender. We don't know because it happened so early, yeah. but his teammates... Both races. Chase could have had the best car in both races. Yeah, we have no idea. Yeah, it's tough to, tough, uh, tough to say, but the most interesting stat from this overachiever that I looked at was Jimmy Johnson had the second fa- second fastest laps run 
So Harvick was by far number one the 100 laps, and then second was Jimmy Johnson. So he was running down fast Th- laps. This was, like, Harvick ran probably his best race of the year. Jimmy by far ran his best race of the year on yeah. Sunday. It, it was it was so cool watching Jimmy, too, because he went from, oh, he looks pretty good, to, oh, now he's in traffic in the back, he's he's done. Then he's going through the field again. You're like, dude, he's back. Then he then he go t- stays out for the lead. And you're just like, wait, I, this is actually really cool to watch. Like vintage Jimmy Johnson. Out yeah, here. yeah, it was good to see because we haven't we haven't seen that in a long ass time. Yeah, I think the confidence actually might be back in the 48 camp. If they whoa, could he come back next year? <laughs> off confidence alone. If they get into the playoffs, they could sneakily make it past one round. Very sneakily. <laughs> uh, underachievers, I got two of them. I have no notes on them except for things we talked about. But pretty much Jones finishing 22nd and Bell finishing 27th. I was shocked by Christopher Bell's finish. I don't recall him ever getting an accident or a speeding penalty or anything. And seeing him in 27th, I was like, I didn't even know you ran today. Like, yeah. Very forgettable driver. Yeah. It was, yeah. You don't want to be forgotten about at all. Um, I had uh, Martin Truex Jr., and yes, he finished well again, uh, but you, I kind of thought that he would figure some things out. Um, Agreed. And because I mean, he at times Saturday's race, he looked like he might have the best car. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping, well, not me personally, but like the the hope was that he would be better, and he was not. It almost looked like not that Gibbs guys made the wrong choices, but the field caught up to them. Yeah, it's like they didn't make any adjustments, and everybody else did. Because Denny and Truex were still probably the second, third best cars, but they didn't look better than they did on the, the Saturday. So even if the car ran faster, they, the rest of the field ran fa- just made the difference up. That's why I was so shocked in seeing Hendrick running three through fifth, and then Harvick fixing the track bar issue was a, a Again, rocket ship. Yeah. We even saw Ryan Blaney lead some laps early in stage one, where and you, I think he finished the top ten. Was he in there? Was he Blaney? Right, was he right around there? I thought he was uh, in that area, but he was another guy with not a lot of Dover success in his career. He he sat up there and ran pretty pretty top ten all day. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to find it. Uh, Blaney. Blaney was not top ten. He was uh, oh wrong race. Dude, these double headers are just all uh, blending together. Well, you find Blaney that. was in fourteenth. Okay. But he ran top 10 for most of the day there. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at best car, I've mentioned it probably 15 times already, Kevin Harvick. Yeah, it's not even a, he had not a, even a debate. 149.2 driver rating. He led 223 laps of the 311, won both stages, and enough said. Railed. Be- best schemes, I have Dylan again because I love that Dow-Bayer mm. paint scheme. I put Blaney again. We brought up last week with him, the advanced auto parts car. And I'm going to add in Bubba in the Columbia car is my best game. So I have a note with Bubba, mm-hmm. and my note is it looks better in pictures. Because <laughs> I like I don't know if it's the camera of the NBC broadcast, but the colors weren't as vibrant as pictures that I saw, and I was a little disappointed. Um, I don't want everybody else. You got anybody so else? So I just wrote – I, I kind of split my schemes because a lot of them ran the same. Uh, so I have Boyer in the, the Haas car, okay. kind of the black and the red. Um Poole, who actually did have a scheme this week, he ran, uh, remember everyone deployed, uh, big veterans podcast here, support the troops, mm-hmm. uh, Truex's Bass Pro Shops, because he ran he ran the Sirius on Saturday, but the Sirius isn't the same, the Sirius used to be a lot sweeter, Yeah. Um, and then you said Bubba, uh, you, you also mentioned Bowman's Acronis, for, um, you already mentioned that already, yep. and then Bell's Ream scheme. That's always, it's a classic one. It doesn't change much over the years. Yeah. Uh, it's a 20 car was ran in the Xfinity series, but mm-hmm. it's still a good one. Yep. Um, oh, and another side note, uh, the Fastenal car is whatever. It's, it's fine. It's not flash or anything, but this week they ran all of the names of central Canada sales champions from Fastenal. That's hype. Yeah. People forget. I did not know. I, I figured that out today. Uh, worst schemes, I always put the same ones I said from the Dover one, which is Custer, Harvick, Hamlin. I don't got anything yeah. else for that. Yeah. The the only way I like the mobile one uh, Harvick cars when it's in victory lane, and I have them. I'm pretty lean when it comes to schemes, too, where it has to be like really bad for me to hate on it. So there was nothing that stood out of, like, oh, that's awful. So everything else yeah. seemed it was right. Yeah, it, and all these double headers too, you're going to get a lot of the same things. Uh, Jones went from the uh, – DeWalt to the Reesers fine foods, though. Mm-hmm. 
one interesting thing with this race too was being a doubleheader in our last doubleheader of the year is that the first doubleheader with Pocono, no, I guess the first doubleheader would be way back. Cause it would it, it would have technically been Darlington. Yeah, Lemonoke. yeah. I was looking. At well, just, it go, well, because it's not. I was going to Saturday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. So it would be. It would have been Pocono. Yeah, you look at the doubleheaders this year, which were Pocono, Michigan, and Dover. The true doubleheaders. Harvick won the first Pocono. Hamlin finished second. Then they flip flop the second Pocono. Then Harvick wins both at Michigan with Hamlin finishing second in I believe the second Michigan. And then we had them both win a race in the Dover ones. So they won every single race of these double headers. It just shows the dominance they have they have been all year. They won thirteen to twenty five races combined. Yeah, when you don't need practice and you just go out and fucking dominate. Yeah, you're on a completely different level. And hey, they, coming from Denny, not winning a single race two years ago to where he's at now. And it's also just uh, Darlington Harvick won the first and him won the second. In Charlotte, I think it was uh, BK stole it, and Elliott won the second one. But again, no like, doubleheader, not a true doubleheader, but you had the first one, Darlington, they won those again. So they have been the cars to beat just day in and day out, and you're seeing these quick turnarounds. They're the teams who can make those finite adjustments and then just unload an insanely fast car. Yeah, and Denny won the 500, um, which you can say what you want, but he still has a win before the break mm-hmm. with practice and stuff. Did Harvick win one before the break? I don't believe so, because it was Bowman won at California, Logano yep. won at Vegas, and I believe it was Logano again at Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So he's seven wins since the break. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're both just like that. that has, it's now. one of the most impressive like just streaks of two drivers just absolutely dominating the rest of the field. It reminds me of the big three a couple of years ago, which was a Truex, Harvick, Kyle Busch that won like. 21 of 23 races combined. The ones they didn't win are the restrictor plates. Or a couple of years ago when we had uh, Kyle Busch and Carl Edwards in the summer just trading off victories. So it's 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 really cool in any sport seeing someone get in a groove or a team get in a groove, and there's unbeatable. Yeah, I mean, Harvick and Hamlin have more wins between the two than the rest of the field combined. Yes, I mentioned it. You did? Yeah, 13 of 25 races. Just breaking it down. Like that. <laughs> uh, any more notes you had from Denver or Denver, uh, Dover? John Denver, city by the bay. <laughs> God damn, John Denver. Uh, my only thing with Dover was it, it was just like I, I like Dover. I like like the track is cool. It's exciting how you fucking are going like uphill in some of the turns and downhill in the other ones. They're fucking boring. I was just gonna say the lack of passing. It's just brutal this, watching. This TV. package is just, it's so bad. I, I don't know what to say. I'm hoping that the, this next gen car is racing is a little bit better, but it's it's cool because, like, the, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, so I watched a video of uh, the next gen car testing at Dover because they did more this week, and it doesn't sound like a lawnmower anymore. Good. It actually sounds like a race car. Do they? Does it sound like you put like a bike with a little trading card in the wheels? And the no. Spokes? So it, I think like the progression is that like mm-hmm. the the trading card in the spokes to a lawnmower okay. to a tractor. Okay. Um, then like dirt bike dune buggy, mm-hmm. and then you get to like a normal car. Okay. And then you get to the race car. So All they right. still got they got a few tiers to go. Okay. Well, they're getting there slowly but surely. Just tinkering with the exhaust a little bit. Yeah. As long as it sounds good, I I would hate for them to bring these cars in and they sound like just pieces of shit, and then you can't pass anybody either. <laughs> uh, next race will be Daytona. Going into Daytona, the real thing is going to be the playoff bubble. Uh, we do have a lot of guys now locked in off of points, not just wins. So there's going to be two spots to grab, and I believe they're currently occupied by Dibodetto and Byron. So there's... Um, there's three spots up, uh, 14th, 15th, and 16th. Boyer technically didn't clinch, but he's 57 ahead. Okay. Um, and then DiMedetto is nine ahead of the cut line, and Byron's five. Uh, but people who clinched with points last week were Almarola, Kyle, and Kurt Busch. Even even with Kurt Busch's horrible... that That's how far ahead he is. Yeah. He, is he finished dead last in a race, and he still clinched after Sunday's race. So it pretty much looks like what's setting up is... Uh, two spots where we left. Boyer's going to be in, and we're going to have the two Hendrick guys in Byron and Johnson, and then we're going to have Dibodetto all fighting for those final two spots. One guy will be left out. 
The one issue would be if we have someone outside of that group, whether it's a Tyler Reddick and Eric Jones, or even just maybe a Stenhouse. Uh, Daytona was right in his wheelhouse. Maybe he can then. Oh, that was, that was off the top of my head right there. That, that was, was nice. That's pretty smooth, right? <laughs> yeah. So he could he could <laughs> seal open as well. He does have one win at Daytona. Yeah, he does. I mean, this. Is, I feel like this is actually kind of exciting, especially with it being Daytona now and not like fucking Richmond, like it usually is. Yeah. Because um, it's anybody could win. That's actually good on NASCAR's part. It's, it makes makes a true wild card for the last race of the year, which there's, is something we do applaud him for that. Yeah, there's not many uh, compliments given out to NASCAR scheduling, but this is one of them. Good I've, job putting it, Daytona now. The, for the situation that they've been put in this year to actually finish like a 36 race schedule the way they did it, I think is impressive. Even with losing both road courses, uh, and then you you lost. Richmond was out. Just just finding other things. Sh- uh, Chicago Land was a race they had to cancel. Just being able to work around, still giving tracks two races, trying weekday races, trying the Daytona Road Course. Just everything they've done, I think they made the best of a really shitty situation. Oh, 100 percent. Like even if some of the races were total dog shit, like both Pocono races or like, uh, uh, I mean the Daytona Road Course probably wasn't. I I don't think that ended up how they wanted it to, where Chase Elliott just kind of right drove away. But kudos to them for trying. What's really cool too with the schedule going forward is Daytona is gonna be the first of five straight night races. Yeah, that's so sweet. Uh, that's that's awesome, especially yeah. if it looks like not to be a Debbie Downer here, but college football doesn't look like it's gonna really be going forward too much. Was that, I think the SEC still planning to play, right? They usually play like three thirty though, right? Like CBS games. And they may have one night game. Well, I mean, game. they would totally dominate the entire schedule. That's true. It would be like them and the ACC. And then like BYU. But it's definitely going to be nice then be able to put on a 7.30 night race on a Saturday night and be like, all right, I, I'm doing this all night. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, what I'm doing. Unless the NFL decides like, oh, there's another time slot we could dominate. Go to Saturday night with no college football. NASCAR. Um, yeah. And then you get to wake up on Sunday. And even if you feel like a total bag, you can mm-hmm. just sleep in all day. Uh, if you win, a great day of celebration. You don't have to go right back to Red work. Red zone starts at 1 o'clock. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a couple weeks until that. Um, oh, yeah, it's true. Was it like, I think it's two weeks exactly. Yeah. Boom. Uh, going back to Daytona. Yeah, this is apparently an NFL podcast now. Yeah, we just did a quick switch there. Going back to Daytona, <laughs> it's going to be 160 laps. It's uh, 100 or 400 miles. It's a traditionally ran on July 4th weekend. And part of that schedule reshift they did, they moved this to, like we just talked about, the last race of the season. And then the Indy uh, or the Brickyard 400 ended up replacing Daytona for the July 4th weekend. Uh, stages break down for 50, 50, 60. And a note for this, too, is they're using the same package they used at Talladega, but it's different that they use a Daytona 500. Uh, it's 510 horsepower down from 550, and they're not using the aero ducts. They're using this just so there's not another, hopefully, like a Ryan Newman situation where the cars can get such big runs and close so fast just for driver safety. And watching Talladega, all it really changed was drivers couldn't run away from the pack. So it's not a big deal, in my opinion. And the racing at Talladega was still entertaining. So I have no complaints using this package, especially it means we don't have any other, like, driver injury concerns. Yeah. And, uh, God, NASCAR looks so much better at night. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like a completely different sport. It's something with, like, the... The reflection of the lights off, like the the hood. It looks like they're going faster. Yeah, it yeah, it just adds <laughs> excitement to it. Yeah, um, the only thing that we do have to worry about with Daytona, and we have to worry about this every fucking time we go to Daytona, is the weather. hurricanes. <laughs> yes, usually in February you don't have to worry about hurricanes. I'm not a hurricane expert, but I know it's not a hurricane season in February. Right now, there's two just shredding the coast. There's, I think it's a tropical storm Laura, and then there's a hurricane coming this weekend. Um, and the forecast is not looking ideal. The one thing, hurricanes, again, hope everyone's safe. I know it just, yes. was it Laura that ran through Louisiana yesterday? Yeah, lo- yeah. I'm hoping that they change so much, or once they break land, they die so like so fast that mm-hmm. Saturday's still, what, three days away that they'll be able to get at the race. Well, still. I think the problem is it's not hitting until this weekend. Oh, well, maybe they could move it up. NASCAR is known for moving races up. Uh, no shot. Oh, Trey, they don't. Yeah, they never fucking do. Even if there's no fans in the stands, they might like move the race up five minutes for green time, uh, green flag dropping. It's like, oh, thanks, guys. Like, oh, <laughs> wow. Hey, but we have a hundred percent chance of rain at four. Um, let's start the race at three oh five instead of three ten. We'll be good, right? Yeah, they, I mean that's just that's NASCAR scheduling. 
like we said, there's not many compliments given out. Um, but I mean, but just going back to Daytona, like as the race itself, uh, like we said, anybody could win this race. It, Justin Haley won it last year. Yeah, rain shortened. Call, uh, yep. Possibly foreshadowing. Um, so one of the things that's very interesting that you brought up that anybody can win it is that the summer Daytona race in the last ten years has actually seen Justin Haley, David Reagan, Eric Jones. And Eric Amarola in the 43 car all get wins. And two of these were, I think actually three, I think Reagan was as well, uh, rain-shortened races. But it still lends the fact of anything can happen at these races. You're going to see a lot of aggressive behavior. And you throw in the spot for the playoffs in the last race of the year. It's going to be a definitely an interesting racing. Yeah, and I hope that translates to a lot of people being way too aggressive. And like Talk, shoving people out of the way. Talking to you, Rick. I yeah, I want to see passes. I don't want to see like every Daytona race. I know it's going to be like this where they run like double file until the last three laps of the stage or the race or whatever, and make moves. I feel like people are going to be a little more aggressive, especially for track position and uh, like pit road position. They're going to be more aggressive and want to get to the front, and that would be a much better race. Going to Talladega as a reference, that was the only time they used a 510 horsepower. Uh, package Penske who all three drivers in Kozlowski Logano and Blaney are real good restricted play drivers they actually linked up on the bottom and ran one two three or like in the same file on the bottom line same line for majority of the race they led 96 of the 160 laps Blaney up winning the race but that's the one issue you run into is when some of these manufacturers, especially the Ford camp, which tends to run really well, as well as like the Hendrick camp, if they can line up, they are a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and that that's what you got to do. The only guys that go back to that Talladega race that stood out to me that were any chance to break up those Fords up front were Hamlin and Kyle Busch. But Hamlin had an issue and end up, I think he still finished fourth or fifth, but he did he lost that track position. Kyle Busch looked really good. Same with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. They actually ended up drafting each other for the most part, and they were, they were leading that top groove, that second lane. So if you get enough guys like that together, I think it's definitely can compete and break things up. But those Penske's are going to be definitely hard to beat. Yeah, the Penske's are always the uh, the go-tos. I believe. When betting, FanDuel, whatever. I believe uh, Kozlowski has five wins right now on Talladega. I know it's not Talladega, Daytona, not Talladega, but five wins there. I think Logano was second with three. Blaney's got two. Blaney's actually finished second, first, and second in his last three Talladega Daytona races. So those are definitely the guys to look out for. You throw in Senhouse Jr., who has two wins in the 17 car here. You throw in Denny Hamlin, who's got two straight 2,500 wins. That's kind of the group I'm looking at. Kyle Busch surprised me this year running really well at them, but he always runs into issues. Uh, or you could just treat it really fun and just pick a random guy who's like, 40 to 1, and maybe he wins. Yeah. I, I Yeah, like guys like uh, Matt DiBenedetto, not a bad pick. He's basically running a Penske car. Um, the, these are the races that we're saying that you do see random things. And look at the odds. Uh, these are just based off the FanDuel, uh, FanDuel odds. But Denny Hamlin's your favorite at 6.5 to 1, which is not a very high favorite for, like, just the rankings. And then it jumps to Harvick at 10 to 1. And then you have the Penske's at 13 to 1, 13 to 1, 14 to 1. Chase is not a really good pick at seventeen to one, which actually presents great value. Kyle Busch seventeen to one, and the only other sleepers that I would look at would be this group here of Elark Amarillo's twenty four to one. We mentioned that he's ran, uh, he won in the forty three car Daytona. He won at Talladega two years ago in the ten car. He looks like a pretty good trick to play racer. I think he finished second or third, so he finished going backwards at Talladega this year. Yes, yeah. Uh, Stenhouse again, fantastic pick. Jimmy Johnson's another guy who looks like he's turned the corner. He was running well at Talladega before Harvick crashed him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like a random, like, oh, wait, here we go. Elmarola has five top tens in his last seven restricted plate races. So he's definitely a guy that's going to run up front. And the other random guy I have is he might not win you the race, but he might be a good prop bet or a good fan duel guy is Ty Dillon, who has 11 top 20 finishes in his last 13. Uh, Richard Plate races, so he kind of just like doesn't crash. He just he just stays. Like yeah. he, he's just there. Yeah, he, he he lasts. He knows. He knows what to do, and like that's almost one. Like you almost want to look for a guy way at the back, who's gonna survive like that big crash with all the middle, like the middle of the pack, and then he's suddenly in fifteenth place. 
that's the Martin Truex Jr. or like the late Dale Jr. strategy before he like retired of I'm just gonna sit back in 35th and <laughs> hope people crash in front of me and then maybe I'll do something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The Gibbs guys were doing that. I've seen last two years though. Truex did that uh, the year Eric Jones won. Truex dropped to like he was like a second and a half behind like the main pack, yeah. but he was still fast enough they could keep up. And then like the, the fucking radio or the pit crew came in and like. Push, Martin, push. And he fucking flew through the field. I believe he finished second in that race. Truex, Jones, Kyle Busch, usually the Gibbs guys, they have a unified strategy as all the manufacturers run together. And I think that you could see it again. If they can't get that lead pack, if you're not in those first four or five cars in either row, you don't want to be in that pack. Yeah. So you may see guys just say, hey, we're just going to outrun people in the long run here. Hopefully they crash out, make mistakes, something happens, and then we'll take advantage and go for it late. Like, it's a 160-lap race. Uh, it's 81 laps to be official. So, like, you don't have to win the race on lap 20, but you don't want to crash and lose the race. Oh, 100%. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Also, it's going to be weird to see you almost lose any teammate kind of, like – fuck this guy, I'm going for the win. We'll see how loyal guys are of, oh, I have to back him up here because he's my teammate, or he's a, he's a four, I got to back their forward up, or if you see guys start making moves for themselves to get to the front. It's going to be interesting with uh, the Johnson and Byron situation. It, they came out and said that their goal is they, they're going to work together, and they want to knock the 21 out and get both Hendrick guys in. Whoa, do they mean physically knock them out? <laughs> We'll see, but I'm gonna go with that. No, might be uh, that Matt, Matt might actually win that handicap fight. Yeah, fuck. I don't know. That might be an avoid the 21 at all costs. That you guy, got two guys going after his throat. That guy's like a P90X, like CrossFit. He works out. Jimmy? No, Dibdetto. Oh no, Jimmy just rides bikes. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy does like marathons. And like, yeah, that's fucked. And, and, and swims. He does like he, he does. Like forty-year-old retired people shit, and then Byron. Well, he is like that, and then Byron. Exactly, and then Byron is like we fit. <laughs> he did, he's just on the fucking i racing. This guy's got like Xbox Connect. He's, he's, <laughs> he's doing, still got to connect. He's doing like just dance. <laughs> <laughs> That's his way of working out. Oh my god, that's fucking terrible. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'm interested. This would be a fun race. I'm hoping. Uh, in the DraftKings or FanDuel perspective, one of the things to look at is this could be an absolute crash fest, so you might want to grab guys that are starting late or uh, low in positions. Some of the guys would be like Chase Elliott, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., uh, Brennan Gaughan is starting dead last, and he actually had some decent success on Daytona and Talladega's, and Ty Dillon. I believe all those drivers are starting 25th or below because of like, the new – formula yeah, yeah they've been using so their guys definitely target but the one issue i will say is they probably will be highly owned as well which means you know if you have them someone else is going to have them too 40 50 percent owned so this is the race to do something dumb and just pick random guys and hope mm. they don't crash you just hope yeah. they last that's yeah. that's the big key here is you don't care if you guys are running first for 100 straight laps if they finish 40th well they're useless to you yeah i mean i'd almost recommend with your top picks like if you want to go like a top three take three guys from three different teams just kind of make your odds better because if you take like say you take blaney and logano you could probably take blaney logano nbk and still have a decent lineup Mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna be fighting yourself for points especially in terms like laps led unless the only other way is if they link up like that Talladega, but I mean, yeah, if they all finish one, two, three, you look absolutely like a genius. Yeah, but if something happens where they, I mean, we've seen Penske's take each other out before this year. Mm-hmm. I'm aware. Yeah, um, that was tough. It could happen again, especially at Daytona. Be a real shame. Yeah, outside of that, I don't really have much outside. I like it's, I like Stenhouse. I like all the Hendrick drivers. I like Team Penske. I like Kyle Busch. I like Hamlin. I know it's a long list of people, but. I really don't like anybody from Stuart Haas. Even Harvick. I don't, no, I, I don't like I, Harvick very much. I'm kind of shocked that Harvick has higher odds or better odds than any of the Penske guys. And Chase. Same. I'm kind of shocked by Chase that. Chase is kind of low for me. Uh, outside of that, I guess Roll would be the one sleeper from Stuart Haas, but I do not like Martin Truex Jr. at all. Like, do not touch him with a 10-foot pole. Do not pick him. 
Eric Jones could be maybe a sleeper. That they, he has, yeah, he has one here. He won the Clash win too, and the biggest piece of shit dumpster car I've ever seen in my life. Oh, what a what a moment! <laughs> what a moment what a that was! Win. Shout out Denny. <laughs> Just sh- shout him a lap Shout down. out Denny, dude. That was a great win. Yeah, so I guess we'll be looking for Daytona. Next week, we'll be able to cover Daytona. We'll be covering the playoffs, how they stand, our projections for the playoffs, the first three races, how they're looking in the playoff schedule, and, of course, because it is Darlington, all the cool Darlington paid schemes we're going to be seeing. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. our personal favorites are. So we look forward to it, and as always, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Nice.